Welcome back to The Lily Kate Show. I'm so glad you're all here today. As you guys know, I grew up homeschooled and I decided not to go to college. I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life as my dad was a pastor for the first pretty much 12 to 13 years of my life. My whole education and worldview is formulated around Christian fundamental principles and the idea of history and the Bible all being intertwined and interlocked together. So my friend Grace Walker is here from California and we were talking about the difference in our worldviews and how that's impacted us as adults. Now, Grace has come from a public school background in California. Her family aren't necessarily ingrained in Christian fundamental tradition, and so our growing up has been very, very different, yet we find ourselves in similar places now. So we're going to have a conversation about how that has affected us and how we believe our development has changed and differed because of our different upbringings. Hey, Grace. Hi, Lily. How are you? (laughs) So good. So glad you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. This is a good time. Um, But you're right. We've been talking about worldview and how that's affected us and how that has really impacted our adult decision making. Yeah. As we're so good at making decisions because we're amazing adults, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yet we're not even allowed to go dancing in a country bar without our parents, as we found out kind of even since being here and even some conversations that we've had um, over the phone obviously I live in California Lily's in Texas so we are currently doing a long distance friendship but uh, just kind of through a lot of conversation we've begun to figure out that there's a lot of differences in our decision making our brands all of the above just because of our worldview and how it's been designed and we want to talk about why it's so important that one establishes a worldview and has a clear understanding of, of what their worldview is But I think the best way to start with that is by taking it slow and defining the word worldview. Um, Worldview is a particular philosophy of life or conception of the world. And taking it slow is really important because you have to build that foundation of what your worldview is because it's going to shape everything that you do. Worldview is essentially just the lens that you interpret everything through. That's why worldview is one of the hardest things for someone to formulate, especially if they're like, in the older years of their life, it's really hard to change that about yourself because you're not just changing some facts. You're not just learning new things. You're not just building new relationships. You're literally constructing new neuro pathways in your brain. Um, And that's why it's so important for the first, I would argue 10 to 12 years of someone's life that those years are focused on developing a worldview. Accurate and good parts of a worldview would be, you know, what's what's a fundamental part of a worldview? That would be focusing on things that work and things that have worked in society. And so clearly in the world, we can perceive things that have worked, um, that have worked for hundreds of years and that are also in tandem to the laws of reality. And so kind of like the first aspect of what your worldview needs to be based off of is one, institutions that work and two in accordance to the natural laws of reality that is unchangeable that we observe to be true so I guess aka that would be the truth your worldview has to be in accordance with the truth because otherwise if you're going to lay a foundation you can't lay it on something that's shifting and changing and it's really interesting too because your idea of truth needs to be that we don't create truth, right? We discover truth. Truth is already there. Mm -hmm. We're just learning about it, learning how it impacts us, learning more truth about the world. So if you, you have to believe that there is some objective truth outside of yourself, 
Um, I guess that's the third tenet. Right. Yeah. Without an established worldview and knowledge of what is true, keyword knowledge of what is true, not coming up with that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're sort of shooting aimlessly in the dark with everything you, that you do, no matter what you do. And if you claim not to have a specific worldview, a lot of people like to do that. I don't have a worldview. I don't fit in, in a label or a box. Well, that statement in itself is contradictory because that would be your worldview. Not mm -hmm. being in a label, that's, that in itself is a worldview. Kind of so, like how people say, like, I'm an atheist, I'm non-religious. It's like, well, it's actually, that's your religion. atheism is a religion. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody's going to have a worldview, whether you want to to claim and define that or not, you have one. Um, and maybe you do fit under a label. Maybe you do, and that could be naturalism, Marxism, theism. There are so many different types of worldviews out there, and these are all just examples of one that one may establish. And so... What Lily and I began to talk about just as we have grown in our relationship and even just this trip especially um, is our difference in our upbringings and our education and how that really has shaped our perspective of the world as an adult and what our worldview is. So Lily, why don't you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and kind of how you came to your worldview? Yeah, well, I guess my worldview was kind of decided from the beginning because I'm obviously a Christian. I was homeschooled. And so we were given, all of my siblings and I were given a classical education. And what that translates to in our worldview is we understand history in the context of religious um, law in the context of philosophical, like you, you don't just learn facts about history. You learn who were the major figures at these times, what did they do and what did their thoughts contribute to the world? Right. So you learn history through a very personal point of view. Um, and of course, like I said, I'm a Christian. So we, everything revolved around how the Bible is the arbiter of truth and how the Bible fits into history. My dad was a pastor for the first, first like 12 years of my conscious life. Um, I think when I was like four or something, we joined a church and then I grew up in that church where he was a pastor. And so everything flows from my understanding of Christianity, my understanding of the world as a homeschooler, which is more direct family, focusing on the strengths that we have as um, homeschoolers. And then of course, like there are other things, like I was a gymnast, so I learned to, Never be afraid of anything because what's the worst <laughs> that's going to happen? You're just going to fall off the beam or the bar, right? Accurate. Definitely that shaped my worldview a lot, like working hard, pushing through things, being bold and not being timid in the face of, you know, something that's really scary. So that's definitely affected my worldview. But really it all comes down to education and where you see yourself in the context of history because context is everything, essentially right. context of who we are today, context of your family, context of where you were educated, and then the context of what situations was your brain formed in. So that's a little bit about mine. Yeah. And so Lily's worldview growing up was definitely a lot different than mine. I was raised not with a classical homeschool education, but with a public school education. Um, a brief introduction to Christianity through just surface level experience, like, but more so for the American societal purpose of going to church, not for uh, being raised in, a, in like a truly Christian foundational home. Um, and without going into my full testimony, I ended up finding the church through friends at my public school and got saved at 18 years old. So that's kind of at 18, but more so, honestly, early 19 into into 20 is when I started to realize, oh, my gosh, I have to kind of like start over in a sense. I have to redevelop this worldview because a lot of a lot of the morals that I had been taught just growing up in a, in a more conservative area and culture they do align. There's definitely like overcrossing, but when it comes to historically, which is history is just huge. We know <laughs> <laughs> historically, I kind of have to unlearn and relearn and newly learn so many things, basically just 
redeveloping the worldview that I was brought up in as now a Christian. And what we've kind of noticed is that now that Lily and I are both, we have the same worldview, we're both Christian, we're both saved, praise the Lord for that. Uh, We align now, but there's a lot of just things that are different about us because of the upbringing that we kind of are are figuring out just in our relationship and also just in ourselves individually. And most people don't want to take the time to develop a new worldview. Most people will not spend the time to think, you know what, actually maybe everything that I've learned, there's so much more to it. There's more. And there's a lot of it's so much more. (laughs) Well, there's so much more. I've only scratched the surface of the worldview in the context of history in the context of religion, right? And I, I love that you're like reworking everything because that's going to set you up for so much like success. And you want to get to a point where you're so ingrained in your own worldview that is correct, that your initial reaction is to do the right thing, that your initial reaction to pressure is to persevere through that your initial reaction to something bad happening is to pray about it or you know what Bible passage this relates to. Like you want to get so ingrained in your worldview and this is how you know your worldview is successful and your worldview is effective is that your initial reaction is to do something that's right, not running to material things, not running to alcohol or not running to relationships or running away from the church. Like what do you run to whenever pressure comes? That's the way that you can test your worldview. And I think you're on a really cool path right now that you're getting to learn and revamp that in the time (laughs) that you're young and free. It's just crazy to completely, to almost start over and Mm. things that you've been taught, you have to un, you have to reteach yourself. And so it's definitely been, it's been a difficult season, but it's also been so inspiring and encouraging just to, just to open the Bible and to open textbooks and history and view everything with that different lens. And it's, it's fun. Uh, but I think this kind of kind of shifts into the idea of of salvation and talking about what is the Christian worldview and right. how how did we come to that and that's the issue the issue of salvation how believers versus unbelievers view the world and I think that's simple go straight to the gospel I mean as it says in John three sixteen God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but mm-hmm. have eternal life. And Romans 6.23 is another one that I really love, which is the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when we choose chose to believe this, Lily and I, and hopefully you guys as well, <laughs> um, you submit your life to Christ and suddenly you just start to think about things. You think about creation, the calendar year, days in a week, political law, you name it, it all goes back to God all of a sudden, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've submitted to him. You believe in him and you know what he has promised you through that and you want to live for Christ. And so the things of this world shift. Whenever your worldview includes a higher power and a higher being, all of a sudden the things that didn't make sense before, and I know this sounds weird, they don't have to make sense. If your worldview includes a higher, perfect creator who's in charge of everything, you all of a sudden feel way more peace because you're not pressured to know everything. Mm. Things that are out of your control start to make a little bit more sense and you just feel this sense of comfort because you're like, hey, I don't understand all of the workings. I don't even have to control everything because I'm not the God of the universe. Therefore, I don't have to worry about it. So automatically, when your worldview, you know, I would argue Christianity is the best, but when your worldview includes a higher power, any religion can bring a higher power. It becomes a lot more easy to understand the things that don't make sense. That's very true. And I even just 
it's really reassuring as someone who's trying to redefine their worldview and wants to learn because we're given the word of God. So we are told to learn, but it says in the word multiple times, I can think of Job 29, Romans 9 off the top of my head. It talks about how there's a limit to human understanding. Mm -hmm. And there's this piece of like, wow, I'm only, there's only so much revealed right? And there's also a lot that's not revealed that we don't have to know. And it's just this overwhelming peace and trust and faith in our God. Well, and to bring this to where America is today, we are trying to explain everything with science. We're Mm -hmm. trying to explain everything with facts and law and leftist theology. We're trying to make sense of everything because we have no faith anymore. Hmm. And so everyone is like scrambling to make material ends meet whenever they don't actually have to meet um, because maybe some things are in the spiritual realm that don't necessarily make sense to a materialist but again back to the historical context of the bible and how that impacts your worldview it's cool because you realize that jesus was like a real person (laughs) he was a real human he walked around in rome paul was an actual person he traveled around all the places you know in the mediterranean sea and it gives context for the context is our word of the day we got it gives context for the <laughs> the cultural spread of christianity and so the bible i would say is cool because it isn't only a historical book but it also deals with your eternal soul and i do definitely want to talk about why eternity matters oh, the yeah. idea of eternity matters in your worldview yeah like when you're trying to lay your foundation for your worldview and get started on discovering what that is the first place to start is where you're going after you die mm-hmm. which is so funny because it's like that sounds a little bit backwards but why is that so important to to figure out first well i mean if you believe that you have a soul then it's important to know what happens after because The purpose of life really is to get to heaven and bring a lot of people with you. That's really the (laughs) goal as a Christian. And materialists would like you to flip that. They say, what are you feeling now? How does that impact you now? What do you want to do tomorrow? What do you want to do in a year? And we'll worry about your soul whenever the time comes and you're on your deathbed. Hmm. But as a Christian, you have to invert that and say, no, I care about what's going to happen to my soul, then what's going to happen in the future, then what happens today, because that gives you a, a longer, more linear perspective of life if you work it backwards. But also, it's important to have an eternal and linear perspective so that when the time comes that your life ends prematurely, you know, we're hoping that doesn't happen, but sometimes it does, you're all taken care of. You're all good in the hood for all the lore that you might believe happens after this life on earth. Hmm. Um, and so you got to make sure that's set in stone because that really is the most important thing. I mean, yeah. if we believe that time is eternal and the universe is always expanding and that so much of the world is that which we don't understand, hmm. then we need to to ensure the things that we are clearly told in the Bible and ensure that those things are good and taken care of um, before, before right. we pass away into eternity. Yeah. And knowing where you're going is going to define, like she said, define your purpose here on this earth. And foundation it's foundationally significant that we pull this knowledge from truth. It kind of like we're going circular here, but it all, it all links together. As Christians, we know that truth is the Bible, the inerrant word of God. It defines everything that we've talked about thus far. But so once you've established your worldview, though, it's going to change the, la- the way you live. Yeah. How is that? No, for sure. I just want to recap. So what we've talked about thus far 
is worldview. What is worldview? It's your lens. Mm -hmm. And then what's the most important part? Finding a worldview and discovering a worldview that's based in truth. And then the second most important thing, well, I would argue the most important, but things you have to do simultaneously is what's happening to you after you die. Then you can move forward to okay, how does this worldview impact my life today? And so to your question, um, it will change the way you live because, of course, we all know once you change your mind about something, then you start having thoughts about that same something, then that starts impacting your actions. Your thoughts and actions are very hard to distinguish between, say, if you're in a court of law and you're trying to decipher whether this person had intent to do the action, the, commit the crime that they did, or if they did not have intent. There are actually different categories. Say when we're dealing with murder, you have like, you know, um, planned or pre premeditated right, murder, the, the but then you have mm-hmm, manslaughter. Different degrees. <laughs> totally different because whether there is intent there or not actually does matter. Hmm. Um, and so you can see this everywhere. You know, what is the intent behind something? Because intent and context are probably the two most important things, specifically when it comes to the law. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, your worldview will change your thoughts, which will change or will change your mind, which will change your thoughts, which will change your actions. And like I said, you want to ensure that your worldview is so secure that when the time comes, that pressure is applied, that rules are put up against you, that people are coming up against you, that your, your worldview is so intact to where your initial reaction is to do the right thing, do something that will breed harmony, something that will breed peace, something that will not endanger other people or your own salvation in the future um and so really that's why it's important because it your worldview impacts literally every area of your life especially in response to people or things that are happening around you right and from a christian worldview perspective there's so much scripture the bible is loaded with ways to further emphasize how you should live once establishing that worldview and i just wanted to point out a few verses there so romans 12 2 it's a, a classic, classic, <laughs> classic verse. <laughs> Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, uh, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. I love that one. It's that's like so as good. Christians, we want to make decisions that are in line with the Lord's will, and that's hard because well, I mean, knowing the Lord's yeah. will is the first step. That's step to, one, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something that's so tough. And mm-hmm. I, I do want to like go into this for a second. No, please. If Mm -hmm. your worldview is just something you've convinced yourself of and you're not constantly going back to the source of where your worldview is coming from, AKA the Bible and spending time in relationship and prayer with the Lord, then you're not going to be able to pick up on things that maybe are his will that Mm -hmm. he wants you to do. Or on the other side, you're not going to be able to pick up on things that he doesn't want you to do that are not in line with his will. And so having a sensitive heart that is not congested, Um, by things of this world is probably one of the hardest things for Christians, especially in a consumer ultra materialist society like we have today. But again, it's just so important to be sensitive to that because believe it or not, guys, your worldview, once it's defined, will start to ebb away from you. That's why you constantly, like Roman says, be in this renewal process Mm -hmm. going back to the truth because the truth doesn't change but, but you we change. do. We change <laughs> as all humans. the time. And I think the whole Lord's will concept that really blew my mind, especially over the past year of just like really studying, trying to figure that out. 
and finally came to the conclusion we don't know God's sovereign will. But that's great. That's okay. We are not God. There's no way we're gonna supposed to know that. Right. But we do know his commanded will. We know what is right. We know what is true. And like, like Lily said, going back to the Bible, you can see when you're in every ultimate decision that you have to make, you can go to the Lord's will or <laughs> go, go to the Bible, not to the Lord's will. You can go to the Bible and you can see is this true? Is this right? Is this honorable? Is this lovely? You can mm -hmm. check things out, check things off kind of by using his direction to make that decision. Like yeah. it's not going to say thou shall choose to turn right on the road. Like the Bible is not going to say that, but it will say things like thou is to make decisions that are true or honorable. And you know what? Maybe going right is most honorable. Things like that. You can apply it to your own life using the commanded will and that that was something right. that confused me for a while but it's starting to kind of bring peace knowing that i won't know everything but the bible has instruction and the bible actually low-key has instructions for pretty much every situation you could be in high key high key does yeah i mean that's true <laughs> but it's just really cool because mm -hmm. sometimes it's directly like paul like says it and other times you can find it in old testament stories or right. like you know but the bible actually does have a practical answer for everything every situation that you could be in I mean it, right. it actually has everything and what's so wonderful about it is that I always encourage people who are not believers just like read the Bible I mean you it doesn't Please. take much to argue that the Bible if you believe it to be the truth the word of God or not has impacted Western culture has impacted Europe and America and has, has grown I mean into an incredible political force mm. that has bred incredible people incredible stories and you know so much fortune for this the western the western nations that we have today you don't have to argue very long about the bible being the most impactful book hmm. that we've ever had because it has the oldest manuscripts and yeah. it's based off of the oldest findings that we have um aside from the ancient egyptians because their stuff actually goes back really far too <laughs> but regardless like you should just read the Bible anyway because it will give you knowledge and context and say you don't like it you read the book of Proverbs there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs we love you could probably benefit from that love the book of Proverbs <laughs> yeah and then just a couple verses in Colossians too that really stood out to me 317 which is and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him that's just a very clear representation mm. of how your worldview would change if you choose to submit to Christ is oh all of a sudden everything we do everything we say is in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it well, in addition to that too, everything that you have turns out to be from God. Right. Therefore, you can't be entitled to anything. You mm -hmm. can't be um, envious or, or jealous for anything because everything you have is from the Lord. Therefore, it's all his and he's loaning it out to you. <laughs> right. So your worldview automatically gets a lot less selfish, a lot less self-centered and a lot less envious yeah. if you truly apply. You tend to view things more as everything is a blessing instead of I don't have this empty thing and that's just a better place to be yeah like your expectations have been lowered because you realize you recognize your worth and your your undeservingness because of everything the Lord has done for you and so anything good that comes your way it's just like thank you like I'm already content in nothing mm -hmm. now I'm just blessed 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 whereas people with the other worldview who start up like I deserve all of this and they don't get all of that they're just constantly not content they don't have enough mm -hmm. it really just changes honestly their optimism on on life and their outlook yeah fully 
And then the final verse I wanted to bring up too was Colossians 2.8, which is, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Dang. And I feel like that's mic drop. It's very clear in the Bible. This is, this is your truth. Do not be um, wavered. Do not be flowing in the wind with the things that people will try to convince you are true and that you should be following. Yeah. This is what you should be following. No, that's so hardcore and it's so good <laughs> because the Bible talks about, I mean, deceit is literally the first thing that Eve fell into. Mm, so, you know, Satan yeah. was like, oh, did God really say that? That's what he asked her. And so <laughs> the world is going to constantly be asking you that question as well. Well, did God really say, or I think actually God said this, mm. you know, and that those are they all the things. They can flip scripture and uh -huh. you can make it say whatever you want well, to Satan, say. Satan knows scripture better than any of us and he knows how to twist it and manipulate it. So if you're not constantly re-checking your worldview and being like, yeah, what do I need to like, how do I need to trim the bushes? Um, then you're going to be deceived. And if your worldview starts including everything, right? All religions are correct. All moral morals are correct. Actually feelings are totally the, the word of truth. It's a very slippery slope to looking a lot like the world. And that's the command that the church has most heard in yeah. the Bible. Don't look don't like do the world. That against. Do not, you know, James 1, 27, 26 or 27 says like, don't be polluted by the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Brilliant. And it's just so clear. I feel like we could just sit here and recite the whole Bible because it all points <laughs> yeah. back to the same thing. <laughs> um, but now just kind of ending on the importance of establishing worldview, laying that foundation before moving forward into the rest of your life. Right. Like you, you had said to me, don't you want to live a good life? That's how we get. That's kind of how to spark this conversation of do you want to live a good life? Well, you've got to have that established worldview. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I talk about like women's issues a lot and why feminism like totally sucks and is the worst thing for women. And so that's again the question, what has your worldview been, been infected with that you need to trim? And it's really cool because we're in a cool time. Um, we're in a time where we're starting to see the very negative effects of radical feminism. And so kind of where I want to reshape the culture and like, I want to be talking about for the rest of my life is what feminist lies do you believe? What in what feminism have you internalized into yourself that you're holding on to that's actually making you miserable and actually bringing you away from the truth and purpose in Ephesians 2:10 calling that the Lord has for you. And so we constantly need to be checking the Bible, you know, and this is always what I talk about and the angle that I take is as women, we want security and we want to know that everything is going to be okay because women more than men are prone to anxiety. We're prone to worry. We're prone to think about all the worst things that can happen. Oh, he didn't text me back for four hours. He definitely just died <laughs> he in a car me. accident. <laughs> yeah. Like we immediately go to the Guilty. worst. So we want security in relationships and we want security and of course our finances and that's why we have husbands to work oh. on that for us. That's why <laughs> Oh boy. we want security in our community, in our household. We, we literally just want security. We crave that because that way we can like fully express our joy and our femininity. And so when women, when we're searching for our worldview, we're going to be asking the question that's deepest and innate to us. What is going to make me feel the most secure? Hmm. And the Bible conveniently has a perfect answer for that, which is found, of course, in 
Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, <laughs> 24 through 27. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came and the stream streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. So girls, Mm -hmm. we need to listen to the deepest questions that we have and understand that if we build our foundation on the Bible, then we will have security. And that way you can discern what the products of radical feminism are and just generally, yeah. you know, a feminist society are and realize that that is not the purpose that the Lord has for us women. Mm-hmm. It's destructive. It's feminism is now taking women and placing them in a masculine shaped box. And that's very toxic for women to be in. It, it leads to a lot of dissatisfaction mm-hmm. and unhappiness. So feminism really is putting this expectation on women that we are fulfilled by the same thing that men are. Women can just go around and have sex with everyone and whoever they want, and there's going to be no consequences of that, that women are the authors and givers of life, and we decide when life ends and when it should begin, which is, of course, God's job, which is not true. But radical feminism really just lies to women in so many different ways, and If you have your foundation based in the Bible, you will realize that the Bible is a book that preaches about equal value before the cross, but it doesn't talk about feminism in the way that people would like to think it does because feminism now is a woman supremacy movement. Right. And Lily, I just love the angle that you take with that little monologue and also just with your entire brand because it all goes back to scripture. It goes back to worldview, just as we're talking about today. People have just created their own and there's constant dissatisfaction and it's so clear the answer. Mm -hmm. And yet we just want to run away from that because that requires submission, which goes back into the argument of feminism. Well, and even even women don't like that word. They don't like that term. Submission to Christ first. That's what what I meant by that. Really the the issue and Mm -hmm. feminism fights against family. Feminism fights against the institution of marriage. Feminism fights to have more women in the workforce and it fights for more material opportunity for women. But all of a sudden we have, I was just reading a study out of Yale and it talked about the reported the, that women now have the lowest levels of happiness, life satisfaction and fulfillment than we have ever before recorded in the United States. And so it leaves you with the question, well, maybe the feminist movement has been wrong about what women truly want. And so as a concern, yeah, just, (laughs) just, just just potentially, But that's why I would submit to you, maybe you should try, just try the Bible, try building your foundation off of something that we know has built incredible and lasting civilizations that has stood the test of time, build your foundation off of something that is true and that is not deceiving women and trying to fit them into a masculine shaped box. So that's my rant. (laughs) Lily's rants are so good. And if you guys want to hear more about that, she has endless content always going back to biblical femininity femininity how do you say that femininity femininity that kind of reminds me of like it's a tough finding word. Nemo. and then 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 me but yes lily is just that is her that is her path and she's just does an amazing job with that <laughs>